0: Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have our special guest, my friend, Matt Stewart. Thanks for being with us today, Matt.
1: Oh yeah, of course. I'm honored and flattered that you thought of me.
0: Oh my gosh, (laughs) you'll see by the end of this, there's no one else I would want to have on this podcast when it comes to social capital but Matt. Uh, So Matt, before we get to what you do today and kind of where you are and what you're involved in today, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Maybe where you're from, where you started?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I, I grew up in um, a really rural town in um, southeastern Pennsylvania. Come from, I'm the oldest of uh, four. I have two brothers and a little sister. Um, amazing parents uh, that were a huge inpa- impact and influence in my life still. Um, and, you know, as far as, you know, growing up in a really rural town, like I wasn't really exposed to you know like this whole thing that we're talking about today which is social capital and the importance of relationships and i was always very introverted i was the kid that you know in preschool and kindergarten i would hide underneath the desk while the kids all participated in whatever activity the teacher had going on so i was very shy <laughs> and introverted um, well but, uh, i would
0: never have guessed that
1: oh my gosh and even to this day i'm somewhat that way but now i found that i get so much energy and, and stuff from being around other people i certainly need like the time to recharge and slow down, but um, I still have energy for being around people, particularly like you, Sarah, um, who just exude you know positivity and confidence and whatnot. So um, yeah, so I grew up there. I went to college. One of the best things that I did was go go away to college because I um, I needed that kind of to be, you know space to be on my own and explore and and go on adventures and stuff like that without kind of the guidance of other people in my life. So. Um, went to school at Coastal Carolina University was the name of the, the university and during that time frame I found an internship at a, an opportunity at a, a country club in Colorado here, Lakewood Country Club, and um, came out here with my brother, my best friend, for a summer and that's ultimately what brought me to Colorado and couldn't be more grateful for, for that. So
0: Awesome. So what did you study in college?
1: I. <laughs> I studied marketing, I have a bachelor's degree in marketing and then um, through the PGA of America they have a partnership with the university I went to to become uh, a golf professional. So unfortunately I was not the person you'd see on TV golfing but I became a club pro and you, I earned my class A membership or status through the PGA of America while subsequently going to school.
0: They say more business is done on the golf course than, you know, (laughs) conference room. So, uh, that probably has helped in other ways as we climb towards your future. So, okay. So you went to college for marketing, came out to Colorado to take this golf internship. Then what?
1: Yeah. I mean, at that time, I, you know, golf is my passion, something that I love to do. And, and it still is a huge part of my life. And I ended up, um, coming out here for the summer for that internship that I mentioned, and um, the Cherry Hills Country Club, which is where I ended up working next, was hosting the U.S. Women's Open in 2005. And so I'm like, well, if I want to work in Colorado and be in the golf business, um, Cherry Hills is the place for me to be. And so during that, uh, I ended up like having a great relationship. This, is, I think, plays in the social capital thing. I had a great relationship with one of the other people who worked at, at the other club I was at, and they put me in touch with... Um, the, one of the pros at cherry hills and they hired me without an interview thanks wow. to, the, to their recommendation which was super cool wow so then i came back to cherry hills after i graduated in 05 and, and spent six years there as one of the golf pros and got to meet some of the most interesting and, and fascinating people in colorado there
0: cherry so. hills that is an interesting place to meet people <laughs> i imagine um okay so then you kind of took a leap after your cherry hills pro day what happened then
1: <laughs> yeah i mean I, golf taught me being in the golf business taught me a lot about um relationships a lot about business you know like i mentioned earlier, really growing up in a small town i wasn't exposed to an economy or, or you know uh, what business was like and so being at cherry hills i got to to see um what what how economy worked or what jobs were out there and um what f- having freedom in your time looked like that type of thing and so I ended up um, becoming, after Cherry Hills, I was the head pro at a a country club in Northern Colorado for a year. And they were going through some difficult times. They just transitioned from being member owned to being private equity owned. Okay. And this is my first experience with how how the quality of your life is determined by the quality, or excuse me, how the quality of your relationships are determined by the quality of your life. Mm. And um, I think I probably butchered that a little bit, but I think the quality of your relationships determines the quality of your life is what I meant to say. And during my time there, the people were just the, the owners were just not good people. Didn't have a lot of integrity, and I basically ended up resigning and taking several months off to figure out what I wanted to do next. Wow! And uh, really powerful, transformative time in my life because golf had always been what I would known and loved. Right. And to make that leap and transition into a career in finance was really difficult for me. Um,
0: Did you decide you were definitely going to finance? You know I. I mean, how did that, like, how did you go from golf marketing to golf pro to finance?
1: Yeah. Um, marketing was just kind of like something that I chose as part of the mm-hmm. curriculum, as part of my bachelor's. Golf was always what I, at the time, wanted to do because I didn't really know any better. But <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I didn't, I didn't really know much better. Awesome. <laughs> but, uh, you know, taking that time off, I one of the things that I always loved, aside from golf, learning about was finance. And um, I figured, well, if I can use something that I love on a daily basis. I think that'll, that'll help me, you know, always continuously improve and get better. Right. And I can take that and use that to propel my career and advance my business. And then also, like, with golf, you learn a lot about service and relationships. And I think that's one of the big things I took away when I was a kid, you know, I'd be 15 years old playing golf with someone who's 55 or 60 and, and having, you know, learning from them and being in those situations. Um, so I, I would learn to communicate and I felt comfortable talking to older people through my time in golf and also learned just a lot about service and, and one of the things I remember from one of the general managers that I used to work for was his slogan was create positive memorable experiences. And I think if you have that perspective no matter what you're doing in your life, whether it's uh, in your business or in your friend group or with your spouse or whatnot, try to always make that, their experience as memorable and positive as possible and that will uh, I think serve you well.
0: Isn't that interesting, Um, experience, and I want to get back to where you are, where, you know, your finance journey, but to talk a little bit about experience, um, I think your, your mentor was sort of a bit even before his time. When you look at where things are going now, experience seems to be the driving factor in all kinds of places that maybe it wasn't before. Uh, When you look at hotel experiences, look at, um, you know, amenities and experiences in apartment communities, and all of these things, all all of this focus is on creating positive, memorable experiences that are unique and authentic, uh, and all of that. And so now, no, now that I know you, and I've spent you know known you now what seven or eight years, yeah. and um, you definitely took that advice to heart.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, something that's really important to me. And um, Jim Carrey has a quote: "The most valuable currency." Um, you have, or the fact you have in others is the most valuable currency that you have. And I and I think, you know, I get a lot of energy and, and feel good about it, people, when I, I'm around them and they're giving me that experience, so I want to make provide that back. But but golf taught that. I mean, you would, in the golf business, you know, yeah, I was a golf pro, but I, my job was literally to do anything for them. Like, whatever they wanted, my job was to just make that happen, whether it was getting them a sandwich or or cleaning their golf clubs or greeting their guests, whatever it was. like. I would do. I I, was a, I, was, I felt like I was humble enough, and no job was was too little, I guess, to to um, to take on. But as long as it made their experience better and made their day better, because you never know what, what people are going through and the crap they're dealing with, and if you can make that one little change, and it, it can could really have a positive influence or impact on them.
0: Wow, that's great, and um, that's huge. So um, thank you for sharing. And now yeah. take us back to your journey. <laughs> okay, so you decided. To, I think I'm going to finance. Now. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So like like I mentioned earlier, um, I'd always enjoyed learning about finance. My dad is a huge role model influence in my life. Um, aside from golf, his biggest passion and and hobby is, is, you know, reading about finance. And I remember sitting down and looking at the wall street journal with him when he, when I was a kid and he helped me start a Roth IRA when I was really young and just things like that, that were really influential to me. And I'm like, well, I, I feel very blessed that that was something that I was taught or I was given that experience, and, yeah. and most people that I have met with and come across never had that, and um, so I'm like, well, I, I felt like I could make an impact helping people with that stuff, and it was something that, again, that I love learning about, and so I think when you marry those two things, you lo- you love learning about it, and it can provide an impact, I think that's when there's a lot of magic that can happen. I think so many people maybe follow their passion, but I think, too, when when you start doing something for money, you can change that. Yeah. And golf was my experience and that it changed. When I did it for money, it changed. I didn't enjoy it as much. I enjoy golf way more now than I did when I was working <laughs> in the business. Um, so I don't know if that answered your
0: question or not, but. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I mean, you touched on just some great things there either, either as well. But, um, you know, when you marry, you know, one of the questions that I usually ask is where people find their passion. and One of the interesting things is sometimes I think it's hard when we get in a place where we're kind of stuck to find our passion. And so you've just kind of given us a little nugget about how you can really find a motivating and fulfilling and purposeful place by taking something that has an impact on other people and marrying it with something that you care about, right? Um, And creating this like space that provides enthusiasm and creativity and all of that. So you found this place that you wanted to have impact and make a difference, and that you were also really interested and passionate about. And so what did you do with that?
1: Well, I think so, like nowadays, I think so many people are so far removed from the impact they make. I think what I'm very fortunate to have in my career and my job is that I see firsthand the impact that I get to make, and I get to sit down face to face with people and have conversations about things that are really important to them, and so um, I think that's what's helped me thrive, I guess, in my career, and, and it's not just about being the biggest or the best, it's just about, you know, for me, I just, I just want to have the deepest and most meaningful relationships, and uh, I, for me personally, I just get a lot of fulfillment out of that, and, I, and that allows, allows me to want to continue to get better, um, which then helps me serve the people that I'm working for in a better way.
0: Yeah, and, and for those of you who don't know, uh, Matt is a financial advisor, and you probably can explain what you do um, much more proficiently and well than I can, but so. in our experience, um, you know, when we met several years ago, I was in an interesting place. I felt very violated and and just exposed financially through a divorce that I had gone through, and it was like... I'm not talking to anyone about my finances ever again, and let alone a stranger. Um, and so I think it's interesting. That's part of why I really wanted you on this show is that you have a, a career path that requires people to ex- be vulnerable before you and trust you, and yet you you build these relationships in such a different way than most people that I've ever met in your industry. When I, when I first, you know, when we first met, I'm like, uh, uh, not another financial advisor. I'm not talking to any more of those guys, you know, (laughs) and, um, and you, and part of that is because they have kind of a big request, um, without always taking the time to build that relationship and that trust. And, uh, you know, and I realized after I got to know you, um, we met and then you connected me, you heard when we met, you heard what I said, and then you quickly were making introductions to some of the most valuable people in my network. In fact, several of the guests on this show um, already have been people that you introduced me to. And so um, so thank you for that. Of course. Yeah. And, you know, here we were two years into our relationship, and I, qu- I realized I really hadn't done anything for you, um, and you had consistently sure. for two years, I hadn't. Um, and for two years, you had just gone out of your way to make very effective and meaningful connections. Um, for me, beneficial to me. And so that was really the turning point for me in regarding our relationship. And I finally said, you know, this is a guy who is about giving more than he's about getting. And he's done some several things for me over the course of years Within, without any expectation or any pressure about anything else, this is the kind of person I'm okay opening this very private piece of my life to. And um, and so I don't take that lightly and it it's huge as far as I'm concerned. And it's part of where I really believe that this social capital topic um, hits home is in being able to take the time and to build trust. And you really are a master and really walk that talk. So I would just love for you um, to just sort of share some of your philosophy on building social capital.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, You know, I, I think part of it is like one of my values is curiosity and I, for whatever reason, just, I don't like talking very much, I guess, too, but I love listening and I love, like, trying to ask good questions to get to know people, um, and so I think one of the core tenets for me of of building social capital is, is curiosity, and I'll come back to that in a second, but I think initially, I didn't understand the importance of social capital, like, when I was younger, I didn't, uh, I didn't understand, like, I, I just didn't use it, right? I didn't build rapport, like, I, one of my biggest regrets was when I was in college, I I had a pretty tight group of friends, but I didn't really expand outside of that. I never took the time to go visit professors or the dean or people that could have really had a profound impact in my life, right. in my career. And I look back on that with a lot of regret. And really, it wasn't until I left the golf business and got into a career or business that I was required to go out and create my own income and, and build it on my own that I really recognized the value of that. Um, and so I think. One of the things is serendipity, in, in the sense of like trying to just put yourself in a in an environment where you can meet good people, and you you never know who you're gonna who you're gonna come across next who can change the trajectory of your life, and um, you're certainly one of those Sarah to me, some <laughs> well, you. of those people to me, Sarah. So thank you, um, and um, so serendipity is one of them, and I think you'll know when you when you get around people, you know, are they someone that you want to hang out with and, and be around And And I had that feeling with you. It was like, I want to help Sarah out because I just like know she just exudes this um, confidence and, and just really positive energy. And um, I'm like, it, it's easy to make introductions for people when they're as sweet and kind and, and caring as you are. And oh. so, um, so I think putting yourself in the position to meet great people is the first step. Um, and then from that point, once you meet them, to be really curious about their life and what their needs are. Um, and it's really easy, I think, to, to, for people to ask you for help, but if you can anticipate people's needs and then somehow deliver on that. Like an example would be, um, I have a, a close friend, and being a golfer, like this is near dear to my heart, but they, I could tell, he'd call me, he's like, hey, I'm going to Arizona and I want to play golf. Uh, somewhere wh- where would you suggest I'm staying at this place and so I did a little bit of research called some friends and I could tell he was super busy he was stressed he's like what should I do let's get a deadline and so I I just called and I made a tea time form I, I gave him my credit card I paid for it and just said hey go have a great time and like I, I try to anticipate their needs and what would make them you know appreciative and take, take stress off their lives so I think um, finding a way to add value once you're curious is kind of, is the next step in all this. Um, so uh, those are, the, those for me were kind of were some of the core tenets, and there's a couple more, but really at, at the heart of it was serendipity, curiosity, and trying to find a way to be a servant leader, like really um, going out of your way to, to, to make other, other people's lives easier. And I think when you do that, it builds trust, and then ultimately when you do that, people want to help you back. Yeah, <laughs> And right. And, and selfishly, I get a lot of, I probably get more out of it than they do because I get a lot of, I get fulfillment from it, so.
0: And one thing that's really really cool about um, how mm-hmm. you do things, Matt, and being involved in your network is that there's a definite mm-hmm. um, commonality about the people that you connect with and then that you connect me with. Um, these people, it's, it, there's a common sense of wanting to do something for one another, wanting to come into this relationship with the expectation of adding value. And I never leave one of the meetings of people that you've introduced me to without that person saying to me, so how can I help you? What can I do to help you? Not not, not once. And what else is really interesting about being, having been in your network and watching how you network and how you, you, you probably have some of the most steadfast deepest social capital that I've ever seen anywhere I go um there's a good and I'm talking to people there's a good chance someone in that group in this city in Denver Colorado knows you and they always your reputation precedes you and they when they're in this moment where they're talking to someone who also knows you they reflect a lot of your same tendencies as far as asking if they can help, how they can help, how they can integrate, who who it would be beneficial for you to be connected to. How could I make a better introduction for you to someone? That whole six degrees of separation. Um, and it's really fun to be a part of that because what else it's doing for you, whether you know it or not, is that the first few um, moments of those conversations when we've been introduced by someone, by you, um, is spent talking about you. <laughs> and so this is the thing, you know, part of what I wanna do with this with this vlog and this podcast is really give people helpful, practical things that they can try, or maybe they're already doing that they can just tweak or do differently to see some different results in building influence and building goodwill, creating social capital. And so one of those things is just, if you can, how this stuff all comes back in this giving spirit is that Matt, may not be directly getting any business from introducing two people in his network but when we sit down and we've come together because of his introduction we spend our commonality in that moment is him and so we spend the first while of our meeting talking about how awesome he is and it's true because you you're giving to us and so then if they aren't using him i tell them my story about why i do If, if there's a mutual agreement that we both are, then we talk about some of our favorite things and who we can help send your way or the kinds of people. And so it's really, it's just kind of the whole process in, in motion. Um, when it comes to how you make connections and how you do it, and then how in the end it's creating spokespeople and salespeople that can then go and almost promote you to one another and other people. It's really, it's really cool, and I know that you totally get it. Um, you know, there's a couple of other things I know run true and I'd love to hear you elaborate a little bit more on. Some of that is like partnerships and gratitude um, and things where you really go out of your way. Can you tell us a little bit more just about how you kind of um, utilize those things in building social capital?
1: yeah of course um, I'll start with like gratitude and appreciation I guess but um, I, I think appreciation is probably the most undervalued and underutilized tool for building relationships like I genuinely mean that like it's it's not used enough and I think people, when people you get the best out of people when they feel good about you and if you if you are willing to give a compliment or show your appreciation gratitude to them they're gonna probably show it back and um, in some capacity you know, like whether it's you know, writing them a note out of the blue, like just sending like a like a, a note for no specific purpose, or um, you know, dropping something off at their at their work just as a little thank you, or um, anything you do to to um, write, writing a LinkedIn post, a, a recommendation, or just something about them, and people are really I think drawn to that, and you know, are willing to then show their appreciation back. And to your point, the. the the more top of mind you are, right? The, the more I think you're gonna be able to receive, not that you're doing to receive, hopefully. If you're doing to receive, then-
0: That's where you start. Yeah, you
1: have the wrong, you have the wrong mindset. <laughs> yeah, do we've it, got an it, issue. It, yeah, do, yeah. It, do it with the service mindset. Don't expect anything in return, and lo and behold, you get 10X in return, whether it's financially or, or more importantly, if it's just like fulfillment in great relationships. And, I think part of it, what makes it easier for me is like, I truly believe that aside from your health, your social capital is the most important thing that you have. Like Absolutely. your relationship, a lot, there's a lot of studies, we've talked about this in one mm-hmm. of our talks that we've done, like your health is dictated by your relationships. I mean, there's a, a study, I can go to this real quick, but there's a study by, that was done sort of 1938 through Harvard, they studied I think 268 Harvard sophomores at the time and they followed them throughout their entire lives. And what they found was that the people that were healthiest in their eighties were the ones that had the best social relationships in their fifties. And so it wasn't about their blood pressure. It wasn't about their weight. It was who was happiest in their relationships. And so, you know, to me, it's just a part of, you know, I I make it a priority and I, and I enjoy it. And I know it's really important to, um, to my network and I, so I think showing appreciation, writing notes and that stuff is really
0: really valuable to people and i know you and i've talked about this before it's even simple things like instead of saying i appreciate that but really like saying i appreciate you and sometimes it's even uncomfortable sort of to even say that and maybe that's just me but it's like sometimes it's easier for me to say oh thanks i appreciate that but to really say thanks i appreciate you takes something from my heart um to be able to to do that or to give that and um and it Even just doing those small adjustments can make such huge bridges, almost, between people. Um, You know, another thing, Matt, that I think um, probably in a major way for everyone, but specifically for you with how you have to, you talk about our super private stuff. And so integrity is a big piece of that. Um, And we've talked a little bit on the show about how It really a lot of it starts with us when it comes to building relationships. It's all about them, but it really starts with us. And integrity is a big piece of that. And um, you know that's something that you stand very strong in. It's not a questionable place um, where where your boundaries lie or how you feel about things. Uh, How do you feel about you know people looking at their integrity or even each other's integrity and what that might look like in building social capital? Yeah.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, um, that's, that's one of the other core tenants that I maybe didn't mention earlier, at least from my perspective. So I'm glad you, glad you brought it up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's easy to be integrity when things are going well. I think it's really like what you, what you find is how do people react when things aren't going well or things aren't ideal. Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, really important to, to manage your behavior and that type of stuff in, in, in that way. So obviously integrity is You know, I think it goes without saying that's super important. You know, a quick example would be, you know, I have a a good friend of mine who they do a lot of real estate investment stuff. And and obviously you all know what happened in the great recession in 2008 through kind of 2010 in real estate and what happened. And I think your reputation is made in that moment. And the way this person acted during that time frame was he made sure all of his investors got paid back first before he took anything. He made sure they were ramped up communication, all this stuff, and and, and people certainly appreciated that, and, and that made his integrity. Now, everyone wants to invest in any deal this guy does because he was true to his behavior even in the worst of times, even yeah. when things were horrible. So, um, you know, I think you can see pretty quickly the people that have integrity and follow through, and, that, and that's part of one of my, when I meet with people, I always try to, like, help them first. Like, I try to, like, be curious. Find a way I can serve them, and then I I throw out and I try I try to help. And I wait. I also, you know, if if they mention they're going to do something for me and they don't, well then I make note of that. And maybe there is someone that I don't want in my network, so to speak, or maybe I don't go out of my way as much to help them. But I think identifying those people who have that integrity and making sure you're connecting people that have that integrity with other people is really critical Cause Ultimately, they're a reflection on you and if they you right. introduce someone or you help 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 someone in some capacity and it doesn't go well, well, now they maybe think negatively about you and that, obviously, your reputation mm-hmm. is the most important thing that you have, That's right? a good point. Aside from your health and, and that type of stuff because that impacts your relationships. So
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh... <laughs> That's a good reason to be um, uh, d- have discernment about who you connect yourself with and who you make referrals for and how some of that works out. Um, you know, you've touched on it in some, in some places, but can you just share with us how relationships have really been critical to your success?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess, like I mentioned earlier, I think it's the most important thing. Um, you know, who you surround yourself, you, you hear the old adage, you are the average of your five closest friends, <laughs> a, a Jim Rohn comment. And it's, it's so true. Um, you know, I, when I first, actually, the person who introduced us yeah. is um, someone who's made a profound impact on me and, and how that was critical to my success. This, this person who I'm thinking of introduced me to, has probably introduced me to 300 plus people and introduced me to people like Sarah, who's then introduced me to another 100 people and whatnot. It's just this cool snowball in this kind of cool ecosystem um but but like you know i i also think too when you meet people you never know like how they're going to influence your life down the road and so being in integrity and all in, in every situation and how you act in every situation you don't know what how that how they can serve you or you can help them later so um i mean i can give you like specific examples if you want but um i think that was uh there there's a million instances whether it's you know, something to do with business or, um, meeting someone who has able, has, has helped me in my relationship with my wife, like that, you know, to me is, is really important and and learning from other people, um, particularly around the relationship with, with Megan, my wife, um, has been really powerful and transformative. So
0: that's awesome. And thank you so much for sharing that. You know, one of the other core ways that you can build social capital. I know that you're big on so on community and on power partners. Can you tell us a little bit about kind of how those have an impact, or how you utilize that to build social capital?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I like I mentioned earlier, like the and you all know this, listening, right? The it, it's so important who you surround yourself with, and you know, I try to surround myself with people who also believe in the power of social capital and who. Who want to give and want to serve. So, um, whether you're a business development role, or you're trying to find a new job, or you know, just looking to connect with cool people, I think finding people that have that same mindset around wanting to serve first and wanting to give are are really really important. Um, so, I I try to kind of build this ecosystem of people that have those same values. Yeah. Right. And that that like I mentioned, if, if like they're going to represent me well when I make an introduction, and I always. Have that in the forefront of my mind, I want to make the person whoever i'm intru- who I got introduced to make make them look good as well, yeah, um, and so I think building people or, or building a, a community that that people have that same mindset around you know uh, you know integrity obviously we discussed you know wanting to serve first and serve others is really important, but I think you know if you're any type of business development role, you can basically create your own kind of sales team and I think right. if, you, if you're able to communicate uh, what you do well, and um, they intimately understand what you do, and they also command, like, it's really important that they command social capital. Like, if, if they don't have any friends or <laughs> they're, they're not very presentable. <laughs> Then they're, um, they're probably not going to be able to, to, to help you out and, and maybe vice not versa.
0: be a power partner, maybe, yeah, like be a power maybe partner. not one of the ones you count on to yeah. be out there for they're you. Not a ceremony <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no, I don't know. But yeah, no. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But if they're not that, then that's a the whole different story. But we we're talking about the people who are. Yeah,
1: and I think a lot of times you have to be willing to invest in them first, right? They're most people. Like oh I, what I found is, you know. A lot of like the power, like for me, the power partners that help can that can help my grow that business are usually like attorneys or um, that type of stuff, and they're people that are usually meeting a lot of other new people. A lot of times they're very reluctant to share their network, and so I think you have to be willing to work with these power partners first and help them and show almost teach them how to. Build social capital and teach them because this is something that's not—it's not taught in school, right? This this should be this should be <laughs> something like your finances and your yeah. physical health and your mental. health. These are all things that should hey, be maybe taught we'll somewhere. get there.
0: I think you're, maybe we'll get name, there. But, Let's get there.
1: Um, so uh, I you think teach just them how to sell you sort of
0: yeah how to represent you.
1: I think investing in them, learning what they need to be successful, make taking the first step by um, serving them. And then, you know, over time they'll learn how you want to be introduced or whatnot because you do it for them. And so, uh, you know, finding those people that, that command social capital as well are really critical. At least for what I, at least in a business development role or in, um, whatnot. And, and I found too that it has created more meaningful relationships and more friends than I could ever have dreamed before. Yeah.
0: You know. Uh, you know thank you for sharing and you know do you on that note do you really have any advice for people who are listening about how to build these kinds of relationships
1: yeah I mean I think it goes back to a lot of the, the things that I talked about before you know uh, taking a genuine interest in people being curious and, and you know for me I find I find a lot of people that I just connect with through golf or through biking or hiking and and it's a great way to just build rapport with them and get to know them at a, at a uh, that type of level. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think you have to be willing to take the first step. I think so many people just aren't willing to do that. Um, so uh, I don't know if I answered your question specifically, but... Yeah, just I'm, to
0: go for it, it, your advice is to just be willing to do it
1: yeah I, I think invest in people find people that have similar interests and hobbies as you I don't think you should just end up in a silo and only talk to those people but those are the people that you're really gonna I think be able to create some momentum and traction with um, that um, have that kind of same you know mindset and philosophy around so um, and, and you know or, one of the things that I mentioned I wish I had done earlier was to you know make a priority to you know meet I didn't learn this kind of skill. This is something that I think I didn't learn the skill until later in my life. But I think if you can take this approach when you're in college or younger, or you're just getting into the business community um, can make a really profound impact and, and accelerate um, the amount of social capital you build and the relationships that you have.
0: Yeah, well, and you know, as we kind of look at where you've come from, is there anything that you're doing today or any adventures you're on or about to take that you want to share?
1: <laughs> yeah, um, adventure is definitely is another core value of mine. So, uh, always doing like some fun, like hiking, love hiking fourteeners. We're hopefully doing capital with next weekend with somebody. Awesome. It's probably, it's, I think it's the most technical of the standard routes in the fourteeners. So love that type of adventure. love biking, love going on golf trips. The thing that I'm probably most excited about and passionate about, um, aside from like work and those things is gonna be, um, I'm on the board of a nonprofit called Project Helping. And we, uh, our mission, part of our mission is to create innovative ways um, to improve mental wellness. And so one of my good friends, Justin Kruger, um, he founded this nonprofit years ago. He and I worked in the golf business together. He was the ping sales rep. And I I was the hard goods buyer for Cherry Hills at the time. Him, good friends, and he found out that you know over the years, like he looked like he had like the perfect life right Made had a good income, had a great family, he was always super fun and gregarious, but found out that he was struggling with depression big time and um, it broke my heart to like see like a friend of mine going through that and what I learned mostly from him is like the power of vulnerability and and being open and sharing when you 're when you're going through hard times everyone goes through those right everyone has those hard times and and having your social capital and community to help you get through it is really important. And so, him opening up to me was was really you know I feel very fortunate that, that happened. And and ultimately, he quit his job and started this nonprofit six plus years ago. And I was uh, one of the first board members. And we've we we basically serve other nonprofits, and we have a, a program for teaching kids about mental health in high school and in, uh, middle school. Uh, we have uh, a program for po- uh, women or moms going through postpartum. We've got um, a bunch of other programs. And so I think a, you know one of the biggest opportunities we have as a country is to improve our outlook and how we approach mental health and, and stuff like that. So I'm super pumped for that and would love to talk to anyone more about that or introduce them to Justin or, or if that's something that's near and dear to their heart or they know someone who's going through a tough time.
0: Um, that's such a great cause and so timely. I mean, oh it's gosh. just I, I don't know that any of us don't either deal with it mm-hmm. ourselves or know someone close to us that um, has you know mental health and and situations that are challenging. Um, so that's awesome. And we'll have all the show notes in the show notes. We'll have all the information for how to contact Matt, how to get involved um, with Project Helping. And um, yeah, so Matt, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> thank you. And uh, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share?
1: I would, um, yeah, I would just iterate that, um, this is the Jim Carrey quote again, I think the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency that you have. And so, you know, going back to the creating memorable experiences for people and, and serving first, I think that'll make a profound impact on your life if you, if you look at it through that lens. So thank you for having
0: me. Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) That's all for this episode of Social Capital Expert. Please visit socialcapitalexpert.com for show notes, additional episodes, and to see who will be visiting us next on the show. Also, be sure to check out our upcoming Social Capital Mixers. These are events where we can connect in person to build social capital. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you join us for the next episode.